Thank you for listening to this podcast from TheUnheardNerd.com. If you like what you hear, please consider liking, sharing, reviewing, and subscribing on iTunes, Stitcher, or your podcast feed of choice, and help us to keep creating and improving our content. Thank you. More dodgy than Henry Cavill's uh, non-moustache in the Justice League. This is an all-new podcast from the unheardnerd.com. It's not really new. It's kind of um, everything that we failed at before and we're trying to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> so for the unheardnerd.com, my name is Will and I, as always I am joined by John. How are you, John? I'm good, Will. How are you? I'm okay. I'm okay. Um, I've got to be honest, It's um, it's been sad times as we, we had to bury... Betamax and Laserdisc at yes. the uh, podcast <laughs> graveyard. It went the way of, of the other shows that we did, whose, whose names I can't even remember. Was it? I can't even remember what we called it. Was it the Unheard Nerd Movie Podcast at one point? That was the original name, wasn't it? Yeah, something similar to that. Yeah. So um, we're not sure what the show's going to be called yet, but it'll be a surprise <laughs> when it comes out. Um, but this is this, this is an all new, slightly, slightly new um <laughs> relaxed <laughs> format show where we're not specifically going to focus on uh, movies as we started off doing or then movies and tv as we then did <laughs> we're just going to talk about anything really that's kind of nerdy um and we will continue to focus on movies and we will continue to focus on tv but we might talk about other things like books or comics or video games or things that we've been and done and um we did in October. I mean, it's December now, but it was a while ago. October, we went to Comic Con together, didn't we? We did indeed. Yes, that was a nice day out. That was a very nice day. I thoroughly enjoyed myself. Yeah, we had the uh, we had the old press passes. It was uh, the Wayne's World thing. Um, backstage pass. Let me through. <laughs> yeah, all access. And um, we we got to see the guys from Red Dwarf in uh, in a press conference. That was kind of cool. That was uh, yeah. Every, everyone except uh, Lister. Um, Craig Charles, wasn't there, yeah. yeah, he wasn't there. But uh, Holly, the the female Holly, was there, and um, yeah, Cry- Danny John Jules, the yeah, cat. Danny John Jules, yeah. It was a very weird press conference, wasn't it? It wasn't um, like they had anything to say at all. No, it's more of a chance for people to ask questions, really. Uh, yeah, a bit of reminiscing. And I mean, basically, we did turn up. We missed what we missed for the first what ten, fifteen minutes because uh, us late. I mean, who would have thought? <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't our fault, was it? It was some. No, we were told to go to this location at this time, and we got there. We were like, "When's Red Dwarf starting?" And we're like, "Oh, you should have gone ages ago." Oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then some guy showed us the way and took us to the south <laughs> end of the huge <laughs> complex when actually it was in the north end. So uh, good, uh, good job. We got told off on the way in. It's like, be quiet. It's already started. <laughs> All right. We didn't know. It's not our fault. I'm sorry we were late. But uh, that was fun. And uh, we got to see the first episode of, um, of, that, of that TV Future series. Man. Yes, Future Man. Thanks for remembering because I didn't. Um, <laughs> Future Man. That was quite fun. That was all right. I enjoyed that a lot more than I thought I was going to, yeah. We did a little uh, video review afterwards, and um, I don't know where that ended up, if it ended up anywhere, but um, that's probably floating around somewhere. And uh, we said, uh, yeah, we quite enjoyed it. And yeah, I mean, when we say video review, it wasn't for our website, that was for... No, it's for free t-shirts. <laughs> it was for free t-shirts, free goodies. Uh, a po- was it a poster as well? Yeah, I threw the it poster was, away. It? I threw the poster away. Yeah. I didn't need that in my life. <laughs> I've nowhere to put it. I mean, yeah. <laughs> 
I have a family home. I am confined to one <laughs> corner of the dining room. That's where my nerdy crap lives. Um, cause my shed isn't warm enough to put everything oh, in. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no, that was fun. Uh, I, I mean, for future man, how would you describe that? How describe, um, what's a comedy? Comedy, uh, sort of a love letter to the eighties, and well, I mean, there's there's just loads of references, wasn't there? Yeah, a bit, a bit. The retro. Previous sort of film and TV stuff. Yeah. Um, anyone that's read read one, I read, I wrote a review on a um, I was it called Bad Rap? I think it was a documentary, and it was about um American Asian rappers and how they're not taken seriously in the rap uh, circles mm-hmm. in in the US. And um, one of the like lead artists in that was Aquafina. Uh, yeah, female. Um, I think she's South Korean rapper um, of right. origin. Um, I'm actually actually doing exactly what the program was against. Yeah, that she's American, but you know of of Asian descent, and um, and how that you know they're not taken seriously in the rap scene in America. And so she she actually has has become quite a big star. And um, since since the documentary came out, and, and slightly before the documentary came out, um, and she's been on like MTV. I think she's been like presenting a, a show on mtv and she started to get acting roles so she she's in there she's one of the clerks in the uh, video game store which was um yeah really nice for me to see anyway um i enjoyed seeing her but yeah it's quite crude humor it's, it's a bit like very seth rogan humor seeing he's the i don't know if yeah. the director or the writer he's definitely one of those one of those two yeah very base humor but um quite funny i, I mean it started really badly i was uh, i was watching the opening five minutes thinking oh god this is awful <laughs> And then it was awful for a reason. It's like it was mm. all a dream, <laughs> um, and, it, and it was quite good. So uh, you've watched a few more though, haven't you? Since not yet, no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, right. I, just... have, I have acquired the a few more, but I just haven't. I've, I've got like a whole backlog of stuff to watch at the moment. I'm just. Mm, I'm a bit like that with comics. I keep buying them every <laughs> week, and I don't read them. It's like there's a boxes of comics I haven't read yet, which I'm hoping to catch up to on over the Christmas holiday. I have 10 days off work and um, nice. nothing really to do other than sit at home, get fat and, uh, <laughs> you know, get fat really. And hopefully read comics and watch football. Um, so that that should be fun. What else What else did we see at Comic-Con? We saw laser stuff. I mean, we walked the floor. They had a big Marvel presence there. Big, oh, this huge year. Marvel presence. Yeah, all the, uh, the costumes from Thor Ragnarok and Black Panther. Yeah, yeah, they were cool. Uh, there was, uh, you know, lots of sort of life-size models of characters uh there were lots of cosplayers there was this one guy dressed as spider-man who came up to me and was like can you take photos of me it's like <laughs> yeah and I, I took photos on my camera of him i was like yeah is that it i didn't that actually it. want me to send them <laughs> to him just i guess just wanted everyone to take photos of him so uh, yeah i did that uh and yeah no it was a good day it was really really quite tiring but good day i enjoyed it oh yeah there was the justice league thing as well wasn't there um you got to drive that um rc or, or wi-fi oh, yeah batmobile controlled uh, batmobile which didn't work very well i think the wi-fi in the building was just a bit shit and it was struggling. it was yes it was uh it's like you had to be a certain time to get a i don't know what the prize was i've forgotten but the the wi-fi was so poor in there yeah you're trying to steer the car and it just goes straight ahead and hits the wall it's like I think I think the Wi-Fi was under such you know it's being taxed. There was th- literally like tens of thousands of people trying to access it. I expect, mm. and it just couldn't cope, which is a shame because you'd think a convention center, you know, they have big events in there all the time. Maybe not quite as big as Comic Con all the time, but you'd think they'd have better Wi-Fi that could cope with that. Um, but that was yeah, it was a bit of a downer. But you got you got a cool bag and you got some good goodies out of that, didn't you? Yeah, I got a um, a, 
uh, the which Comic Con it's probably it definitely I've definitely seen it in San Diego Comic Con videos like a huge great uh, Gotham themed bag with two straps so you can wear it like a backpack. Mm. Nice, uh, nice, nice bag. There was some photo booths. I, I took I, I had a I went in the photo booth I think while you were driving the car and mm. um, it was like one that puts you in the poster with the Justice League like CGI uh-huh. amazing stuff and I put my email address in and it never arrived. But um, I never got it. That's a shame. <laughs> the, the good news is, I, I managed to get another one because I, I went to another Justice League event in in town in London, and right. um, there was a it was a ticket only thing um, in uh, South uh, Southampton Row, which is um, oh god, what's it called? Um, Holborn, London, mm-hmm. and they had uh, it, it was one of the sets from uh, Justice League. It was uh, it's like a medical college, I think. And um, I got these tickets. It was like, you know, you couldn't buy them. They were you know, free tickets. Luckily, I worked very near there. So um, I, I went up one lunchtime and uh, went and had a look around. And they had costumes from the Justice League movie. They had, um, you know, real bits, bit parts of the set, like props and stuff. And basically, mm-hmm. they had Aquaman's bar in there the, the, from the film. Um, right. You know, a, a replica or, or actually a lot of the things were from the film. Um, lots of the stuff that uh, you see Wonder Woman it, it, when she's, um, you know, not being Wonder Woman, <laughs> when she's studying <laughs> or whatever. And they actually filmed in that building. And um, in the film, Gotham Police Station was also filmed in that building as well. Um, so yeah. they had all the stuff on in in there anyway. So they just, they put it all out to see. And you could walk around and, and they had like Henry Cavill's glasses as Clark Kent in there. And they had Batman's suit and some light boxes from the film and uh, you know the flash and cyborg that um you know star labs was there set up and it was quite cool it didn't take long to go around um but they mm. did have the photo booth there again so i got it done ah. it was shit yeah. came out really badly oh. <laughs> <laughs> i'm not that bothered to be honest but um i haven't seen the justice league movie have you seen it no not yet not no. not in desperate rush to see it doesn't look good um it doesn't sound like the reviews are very good but um, no. I, I did finally get around to watching Wonder Woman, and I was oh, a right. bit disappointed. I don't know how you felt about the film. Have you, have you seen? You've seen Wonder Woman. Uh, I have. Yes. Um. I, I. I was. I was enjoying it all the way until the end of the final act, where it became a typical superhero versus end of game boss fight. It was a bit. It was very formulaic, wasn't it? And I know. Yeah, there's a, like a written story. There's the the law. There's the the canon or whatever. I don't know. But um, yeah. It it really was like everything building up to or oh, a big battle with a final boss and <laughs> I don't and I was I was expecting this like feminist triumph but it wasn't it was just you know Gal Gadot who is lovely still uh, I mean you know I've always been in love with her um, <laughs> ever, ever, ever since she was announced as Wonder Woman but Gal Gadot looking amazing but wearing next to nothing and uh, and the whole plot revolves around her falling in love with a man going off and doing mm. something stupid as a result uh, <laughs> and then you know fighting some baddies and it was just a bit yeah yeah meh not at all what i was yeah. expecting um given the, the the great reviews that it's had um and we'll come on to another film later on that's had fantastic reviews um and has divided fans um in star wars the last jedi but we're, we're going to save that we're going to save that for a little yeah. while because i think we're going to go on about that for a little while and i think we might have slightly differing opinions on some of it so more cool. of that to come 
But uh, 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 what else have you? Uh, what have you watched since last time, John? This is a recurring oh, feature from the old uh, Betamax and Laserdisc. It is. Have you been watching any of the new TV series, Punisher, or anything like that? No, I have to, I have to admit, I've essentially given up on Marvel TV. There's just too much of it. There is a lot, isn't there? Um, and also, I don't think I think that. Um, I mean, I watched Daredevil with the uh, missus watched as well we both loved daredevil season one mm-hmm. i watched daredevil season two uh i found that a lot harder to get through it wasn't as good i didn't find it as good as the first season mm. and i tried watching jessica jones and managed five episodes i was going this is this is quite slow and boring and that's when i kind of just kind of went oh, sod it i can't be bothered anymore it's too much because mm. uh, you had because he had um was it luke cage and iron fist and the Defenders. And there's the Defenders. And now there's a season of Punisher. And it's like, oh, I don't have all this free time. Well, I, there is a lot to take in. Are you still watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as well? No, we haven't We haven't uh, gone back to that since it's sort of uh, summer, no, what was it? Christmas break last year. So I've got, I've got half a, half the end of season four to watch yet. Mm, and okay. season five's come back on. So it's like. Yeah, I mean, um, there, is, behind. there really is an oversaturation of, um, of, of you know, that comic book themed TV. Um, I think I did slightly, I, I got slightly further than you. Is it? I, I watched all of, I, enjoy, I really enjoyed Daredevil season one and two. Um, I quite liked Jessica Jones. I thought it got going a lot more towards the end of the season. So it might be worth a revisit, you know, as the Kilgrave okay. character um, really becomes uh, more prominent as, as a, you know, as, as an antagonist in that. Yeah. Um, that got a little bit more tense. Um, I watched most of Luke Cage and, uh, I do intend to go back and finish it, but then Iron Fist came out and I, I didn't, I watched one episode and I just, I didn't like it right from the beginning. So I thought I can't be bothered to waste time, but at the same time, I kind of wanted to watch it. So I was ready for Mm -hmm. the defenders, Yeah, which I don't think I, I am. I don't think I've watched any of that. And I have watched the first episode of The Punisher, which I, I did enjoy, even though not a lot happened in that first episode. It was kind of just setting up the tone of the show, I, I think. Ultra-violent, yeah. lots of, um, yeah, very gritty, quite dark. But um, I think I'm going to I'm gonna watch that. I think I'm going to enjoy The Punisher. It seems um, seems more of my kind of show, a lot darker. Uh. But uh, I, as you know, I gave up on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. a long time ago. Um, Gotham, yeah. I... Um, about a season behind, I think, and we haven't, um, we haven't, uh, we're, we're behind on that as well. We've only watched like the first few of season four, mm. and I, I don't know why. Well, just is that the, the current season? Is, is uh, I think four is the current one. Yeah, where okay. he's kind of Bruce is kind of a, an almost Batman. He's running around with like a balaclava on. Yeah, yeah, he's like a so ba- Batman like, beta. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> beta, beta Batman, like <laughs> photo Batman. So it, it feels like you know. I mean, is he gonna? How much longer are they gonna keep going? Because if they're already sort of pushing him towards the, you know, sort of being the Batman at this point, mm. how long do you go before? I don't know. Well, I suppose there's a whole spin-off from when he disappears and travels the world and finds himself. Yeah, I guess that there's that tangent they can go on. But I mean, when we heard that Gotham was coming out all those years ago, that we we always expected that the whole—I mean, I, I'm sure I predicted that the, the whole thing would be a build-up, and right at the end, you'll go, "I'm the Batman," and then, <laughs> and then you you start a new movie franchise or something. I don't know, but um, I, I don't know. I do still enjoy Gotham, 
it's it, very it's very silly fun isn't it it's it, not it's not it doesn't take itself seriously exactly i mean it looks the way it looks looks kind of serious but the plots and the acting isn't serious at all <laughs> and it's kind of a nice balance it's it's accessible you know you could miss episodes and still keep up with what's going on oh yeah um, and uh, but the, i mean the flash i fell so far behind because he's so fucking fast um, hey. Hey. <laughs> thank you yeah still the same old jokes <laughs> jokes don't get any better it's just uh the show changes name occasionally um <laughs> but i you know i i did i fell bit fallen behind on that um i i was enjoying it but i think at this point it's got a bit more complicated there's a lot more characters involved and and i kind of like it when it's simple you know when it's just you know not too much you know, not too many different subplots going on different character mm. arcs and all this i kind of like it a little bit more yeah a little bit more, more focused on one character maybe but um i don't know I, I i will try and watch some of that at some point i imagine i don't know what's going on on sort of that side of of superheroes if that quite makes sense but i keep seeing my news feed all these new characters keep being introduced all the time it's like oh here's this one's going to appear on Flash, and you have got the superheroes of tomorrow or something, and you've yeah. got Arrow, and it just seems to be this whole massive sort of little sort of massive TV universe going on. Yeah, and you got all the crossovers. You got Supergirl crossing over with with Arrow and and Flash, and and uh, I mean, isn't isn't that Constantine Leg- coming back into some of them or something? Yeah, Constantine has been in. I think Legends of Tomorrow and. Oh God knows! I don't know. It is. It, it does seem quite complicated, and yeah, you know, obviously we never. Oh, I never watched Arrow, um, so I don't know what's going on in that whole side of things. So when there's a crossover, it's like, I don't know what's going on. I don't understand. It's <laughs> too much for me. I'm old now. I wear slippers. So, yeah, I'm wearing my slippers now, John, in my armchair. I mean, yeah. awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm joking. Forty now. <laughs> But um, yeah, but that's I, all right. I'm wearing my fluffy Batman trousers, so hey, everyone's a winner. <laughs> um, but uh, I mean, show I, the shows I have more success watching an entire season of are the things mm. that both my wife and I will watch, and she's not a superhero fan by any stretch of the imagination. Um, mm. So the things we do complete are things like Stranger Things and Game of Thrones. I know you're not a Game of Thrones fan, but no, the um, message is she's she, she went from one to seven in like couple of months she mm. she loved it yeah i i think it's it's a really easy show to watch and you know the episodes are, i mean they're 50 minutes to an hour long and uh the seasons are very short it's easy to binge them and get through them uh, and we're you know we're bang up to date with it i, I really as a show I, I think it's really fantastic you never know what's going to happen you never know which character is going to get killed off <laughs> and uh, it, it's not formulaic in any way uh, and i really I really enjoy that element of it. So we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll zip through that. And, um, and yeah, we're lucky enough to have a good relationship with HBO UK here and we get to give away some good things and, and go to nice screenings occasionally for things like that. And, um, but uh, Stranger Things, did you, did you watch Stranger Things season two? Uh, No, that's on our to watch list. We love season one. We haven't got around season two yet. Wow. Okay. Well, no spoilers, (laughs) no spoilers. Um, But that, that was really good as well. Um, it introduced a few new characters, which, um, again, you know, it's like, oh, I liked it when it was just the core characters. I'm, I'm such a, a purist. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it worked quite well. There's a few, char- uh, one, maybe one or two characters I was like, 
not necessary to introduce. And there's one episode I just cut out of the show completely, out of the season completely. But um, it, it was a real tangent and it opened up a story arc for one of the characters that just didn't seem necessary and didn't seem to lead anywhere. But it might lead up to something in season three, who knows. But um, fantastic viewing and uh, definitely when you've watched that, we should talk a little bit about that too. Okay. Cool. Um, Ready Player One. What, yes. what are your thinkings on that? what are your thinkings? That's not English. What are your thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> what are your thoughts on the trailer that we saw uh, last week? Uh, visually impressive. You can't deny that. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen comments saying the CGI looks dodgy. They have to remind them. Well, technically, the whole game exists. The whole almost the film exists in a um, virtual universe anyway. So exactly. Up. Yeah. No. Um, good. Good point. <laughs> Um, the other thing is, uh, you, well, you've read the book, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, the other, the other thing I find very noticeable is that um, the trailer is packed full of Warner Brother properties, be it films, TVs, uh, video games, mm-hmm. uh, and nothing much Spielberg, which is what the book is actually probably one of the famous points in the book. It's all based on Spielberg properties, isn't it? Yeah. A lot, I mean, of, a lot of the things he has, to, he has to do in the virtual world. I mean, he's still, he's still driving around in his... Um, in his DeLorean, you can't miss that. No, no, absolutely. Um, I mean, it is a it is a, a fanboy's dream, isn't it? Just watching those oh, yeah. trailers and trying to pick out all. all you know, I, I actually for the first teaser, I I made one of those video things. It's like, look, this is like this is the car for Mad Max. This is the bike for Akira. <laughs> this is. Uh, by the time I finished it, there were a million of them out, and I was like, oh, do you know, oh, what? yeah, what's the point? <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't be bothered. I mean, I think by now we've settled into old man ethos with the website. So we're not trying to be the first. We're just trying to give you something to read about what what's new. It's like if there's a new trailer, we don't have to get it out like the second it's dropped. It's like <laughs> let's just watch it a few times, have something to say about it that people might find interesting to read, and then yeah. it can go out the next day. So we're not trying to be first. We're trying to be entertaining and and you know we cherry pick what we like and uh, we have a positive outlook but um, i love f- i love watching my long rambling histories about a project or something yeah <laughs> four, four pages later oh yeah by the way here's the trailer <laughs> yeah but no that's good I, I like that and i hope that's what people appreciate yeah we're not the fastest outlet and we don't have the resources to be but you know if i could sit at home all day i'd have a video like that knocked out in a few hours and uh and bang, you know, we'd be, we'd be fine. But uh, I have to have a day job to pay for all this shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, swings and roundabouts. Um, I mean, some, something else about the, uh, the trailer that I, I noticed is actually I, I went back to my book review on the website and I mentioned it near the end of the book review is uh, something I knew they would sort of go to Hollywood, do the Hollywood version of the story where the two main characters are... Um, for the lack of better description, beautiful people that fall in love. Yeah, yeah. Whereas in, whereas in the book, um, uh, I wouldn't call them ugly, but they're, they're you know they're, they're kind of the opposite without yeah. being nasty, and they fall in love because they they know they they fall in love with each other's personality. Very much so, yeah. Which is which is what I really liked. Then you watch the trailer and you go, oh look, they're they're young and beautiful. <laughs> yeah, which is a bit of a surprise because Spielberg's behind this film. And mm. yeah, he's directing, I believe. And he is, um, yeah. you would expect better from a, from a 71 year old you know, director. Like <laughs> he's really got nothing to prove. He could, he could do 
the film justice, I think. Um, but yeah, like you say, visually it's stunning. I mean, all the uh, all, all the nerdgasm you know, <laughs> references. Uh, there's so much to take in, isn't there? Yeah, and, I mean, I'll be interested uh, to see how how the um, the games he plays in the book get translated into film. Mm. Because I mean, one of the ones that I knew, well, I don't think it, don't think it would work as it as a film, is he has to recreate. Uh, is it Ferris Bueller's Day Off? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And he has to he has to pretend he's in the film. He has to be um, Matthew Broderick's character, Ferris Bueller. He has to recite all the correct lines yeah. with no mistakes at the correct time, and sort of in a virtual recreation of the film. And as a book, that's quite easy to read and go along with. But in a film, I think you just couldn't. Yeah, like at all. it'd be interesting to see. I do wonder if when watching the film, it'll be oversaturation of pop culture references. Yeah, you know, it, it might just be too much to take in in a film. I mean, reading them is kind of, I don't know, you digest it in a very different way. Mm. But you know, visually on screen, it might just be like, ah, oh, there's just too much. I feel <laughs> suffocated by it all. It'd be like reading Armada all over again. Oh, God. I mean, yeah, let's talk a little bit about Armada. You read it and um, you said it was... Well, I, st- I started it. Okay. So, you, I mean, you, you actually warned me and said it's not much good. And I, yeah. And, you know, you have no idea how many times I've been stood in the bookshop. And I was like, shall I get it? Oh, John said it was crap. <laughs> and, I mean, probably seven or eight times. Because um, I've been on a real reading thing this year. Uh, in yeah. 2017, I, it wasn't a New Year's resolution as such because I was already sort of reading a little bit. But I, I, was, I like reading. I really enjoy reading, but I never made enough time to read. So I made yeah. it my ambition this, this year to read a book a month, which isn't Ooh. isn't difficult to do. It shouldn't be difficult to do. Uh, a book a month is, is, you know, it doesn't have to be a long book. But, you know, I, I choose generally science fiction or pop culture books. And um, yeah. Uh, I've I've kind of I used to only read you know, factual books and uh, nonfiction, um, but now I'm I'm very much on a fiction you know buzz. Yeah, and um, I I I found I got I got so into it that I'd done that by about August, <laughs> which, <laughs> which is great. Uh, and, yeah, I'm really pleased. Um, but uh, the amount of times I was in the bookshop, I was like, what should I get next? What should I get next? Should I get Armada? Should I get Armada? And I didn't, I didn't, I didn't. And then I went on holiday and I thought, fuck it, I'm going to need a few books to read while I'm on holiday. So I took it with me and yeah, it was painfully awful. Um, <laughs> just, just a very dreadful, very linear plot. Very, I find there's a lot of authors at the moment that, that they their books are just so full of just like, just two easy coincidences or oh, I just happen to be really good at this thing that I've never done before in my life <laughs> it just happens to be exactly the right thing I need for this certain circumstance and yeah there are authors whose books I've really enjoyed like John Scalzi I really liked Red Shirts which you know is being turned into a TV series but I went back and read his Old Man um, Wars uh, the first book in that series mm-hmm. uh, and it's it's just I, I was an old man. I, I went into space. I became a young man through this wonderful futuristic process that's very secretive. I turned blue. And uh, and then I'm a fucking brilliant soldier, having never been a soldier in my life before. 
and I, I'm, a, I'm an amazing shot and I can do this. And, and it just so happens that my tactics saved the entire platoon in this battle. And it's all like right. coincidences where everything goes right, goes right, goes right, goes right. And then there's a slight thing where, you know, oh, I got an arm lop, like, lopped off or whatever, but it's okay. It grows back. It's fine. <laughs> got this new body. And it's just like so full of coincidences and it's so boring. And then, you know, you read um, Cory Doctorow's books and, and he, you know, I like a lot of his stuff. It's quite young adult books, but a lot of that is like lots of coincidences. Things just happen to go this way. I happen to be in the right place at the right time. It's, like, it's all a bit boring. And, and that was Armada, like to a T, just very, you know, loads and loads of happy coincidences where things just happen to work out. And um, it was it was pretty painful, a pretty awful read, to be honest. And that's going to be made into a film as well, I think. Uh, it was, I think that's on the, yeah, I think that's been sold off to someone to uh, translate that to the big screen. Yeah. I mean, uh, for me, it was, it was the, it was the constant pop culture references. Yeah. About everything. It's just, uh, uh, it's like, oh. Do you know there's actually like a playlist for that book, like a playlist of songs, because songs are a big part of, you know, what he listens to. And it's all, hmm. it's like, that's bullshit as well. It's like this young kid listens to all the songs that his dad used to listen to because his dad went missing. And, you know, all he's got left are these records in the attic and he plays, plays these old songs. And it's like, hmm. I like a lot of these songs, but in the context of the book and that audience that it's really aimed at, it doesn't work uh, for me anyway. Wow, we've taken a real bitter turn here, haven't we? <laughs> what happened to the light, upbeat show that we were supposed to be doing? Um, well, anyway, incidentally, I mentioned the Old Man Wars uh, books from um, John Scalzi. I hope I'm saying that right. Scalzi, Scalzi. I don't know how you say it, but um, uh, they've been optioned by Netflix to turn them into um, TV shows, I think, or a series. Yeah. Um, so we'll be seeing that uh, at some point on, on Netflix, I think. Um, which is interesting, yeah, good for him because I quite like him as a person on online anyway, his Twitter persona or what have you. Yeah. And like I said, I did enjoy Red Shirts a lot. I thought that was a really fun book. But um, yeah, some of the uh, other books not so good. Um, yeah, so there we go. Books and <laughs> films and TV. Um, have, have, you, have you, do you read, you, you read science fiction occasionally, do you? I do. Yeah, I, I, I read a bit of you know, whatever takes my fancy, as in, you know, some, uh, my most common method of sort of finding books to read is to see a trailer of a film and it's going based on a book, right? Get the book, find out what it's all about. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, there are other things that, um, uh, I just you know, looking back at trying to think why I've, I've read this, this year. I mean, uh, the last book I read was, uh, how not to be a boy by Robert Webb. Okay. Is that any good? Uh, uh that's brilliant. Okay. Uh, I read that in about two days. He's um, I mean Robert Webb. Not everyone's going to know who he is. No, no. But he's, he's a, a, a comedian in the, in Britain. Uh, yeah, he used to work with. Well, sort of still does sometimes. Work with most famous working with um, David Mitchell. Uh, Mitchell. Yeah, uh, they, 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 a sketch show. Peep Show was uh, quite successful. Oh yeah, Peep Show. Maybe that translates to US. I, I'm not sure um, whether they get that or not. But um, uh, that's basically his his autobiography, and um, it sort of also goes into sort of. Uh, dissecting how men how men are uh, how men feel about feelings but also there's also uh, that sort of social pressure of how men are supposed to handle feelings mm. like like you know when like when you when you fall over and hurt yourself oh don't cry get up you're you're a big boy now come you're not supposed to cry that kind of mm. that kind of thing that's that's really entertaining but i really enjoyed that 
That's quite yeah. quite funny. I mean, there's a there's a fellow I work with who says, yeah, and I believe him very much. So, like, he's he's quite you know he's an he's a manly man. He's a he's a you know a man's man kind of thing. Yeah, but he says every time his daughter cries, he cries. It's like he just yeah. has this this emotional connection with his daughter that if she gets upset, he gets upset as well. It's like wow, yeah. that's really interesting. Um, y- yeah, so a bit of a tangent, I know, but that's uh, right. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, completely different tack. I've also read um. Hell to Hell to the Chin by Bruce Campbell, okay, which is um, a follow-on from um, Confessions of a B Movie Actor, which was the um, his first autobiography. Hell to the Chin is the second one, just directly follows on. It's basically what he gets up to in his life, all the bad movies he's worked on, and mm-hmm. when he's had to go film in in Europe and strange European towns with military police that have to be bribed to let them film, and <laughs> all, all sorts of things he gets up to. That's that's another really entertaining read. I recommend that one. I spent you that one in a couple of days. Well, there's a series of books I discovered this year in my reading binge. And, yeah. Um, they're by Anne Leckie. And um, it's the it's called the Imperial Ratch. Ratch that's really hard to say. Um, tri- <laughs> trilogy. Uh, and they are called Ancillary. Let's see if I can get them in the right order. Ancillary Justice. Ancillary Sword and Ancillary Mercy. Mm-hmm. And then the latest one is Provenance, which is in the same universe, but different characters. But the the first trilogy uh, and the first book in particular, Ancillary Justice, is absolutely stunning. It's just world building, amazing scope, uh, huge science fiction stories that just take you through different worlds and you just don't know what's going to happen and it's all through the eyes of like an ancillary soldier so it was a soldier who was part of a hive mind a collective um under the control of of the uh, leader of the Raj radchai empire and there's all these words and and she's got her own like sort of grammar and and way of speaking in in the book but you get used to it it's a bit hard at first but you get used to it mm-hmm. and um it's the only book that's won every science fi- major science fiction literature award. So the Arthur C. Clarke Award, um, wow. like the Hugo Award, it, it won every award, this book. And it is it's simply fantastic. And it, if anyone hasn't read that and they're a fan of science fiction, you really must. And again, it's another book I saw in the shops loads of times and thought, it looks interesting, and yeah, especially with all the awards on the front. But the, yeah. the cover art's a bit shit. <laughs> it's, a bit, <laughs> it's a bit 1980s. Um, but, uh, I, I took the dive and said, like, Oh my God, I couldn't put it down. Uh, and then I, I read, uh, the, the following two books and then, you know, this year, um, a fourth book in that universe came out and it's, a, it's slightly different. It's, um, it's more of a crime, uh, novel, but set in, in the future or in this, you know, futuristic world, mm-hmm. um, but equally, you know, entertaining read, but, uh, yeah, they are, they're really good. That's, that's my top picks. Of, of the year um, for, in terms of literature. Um, a book that let me down a little bit was Andy Weir's new book. Um, Andy Weir wrote The Martian, which was fantastic. Yes, it was. Also turned into a fantastic film with Matt Damon yeah, uh, in yeah, the lead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I knew you were going to do it. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> old habits. Um, <laughs> Matt Damon. <laughs> um, but, uh, the, yeah, the... the, the uh, the, the follow-on, Artemis, Artemis, which um, I got, got an early review copy of, but um, didn't get the review out before it actually dropped. But uh, never mind. Um, 
it was quite an entertaining read, but another book that suffers from a lot of happy coincidences and yeah. just happen to know the have the right skill set for the right situation and yeah, it was a bit far fetched. Um <laughs> it's set on the moon this one, a little bit closer to home. And like uh, the first human colony where you know, it's been there long enough now. It's been established long enough for generations to uh, a first generation to have been born there, and mm. and um, you know, not be adaptable really to going home to to Earth or back to Earth. Um, and so, yeah, it's quite interesting, but um, again, not anywhere near as good as as, as the Martian, um, which I didn't realise he actually self published initially. And, yeah, it used to be out there for free, I think, originally. Yeah, and it picked up a lot of traction, and then it was republished by, I can't remember the publisher, but um, uh, another part, uh, Harper maybe, uh, publishers, anyway, a big publisher yeah. got hold of it and distributed it, and uh, obviously it became a huge success and a fantastic book. I really enjoy that one. Um, but yeah, so uh, there we go. Books and film, John. Tick and right. tick. <laughs> and uh, and let's not forget, with half an hour still to go, we've still got to talk about The Last Jedi. We do. We do. What else? You've been playing video games, oh, GameCube games, have you not? I have, yes. I, I, I uh, picked up a very cheap Wii, and I've been picking up Wii and GameCube games. Hmm. Uh, I've just forgotten how much fun the uh, the GameCube was. They bit of a bad, well, not a bad rep, but it's, you know, it's just, just under underrepresented. I think it it, str- it struggled really because of I guess it was about the time the well was the PlayStation out at the same time or just after um, it was the sixty I, I think it's the same the same generation as the PlayStation Two right okay so I, I mean, mean it was it was it was the GameCube the PS Two and the original Xbox it was the, it was, the, it was that time those yeah. three were fighting against each other it, the, I game, think, the GameCube was always the third it really was it wasn't as advanced it wasn't technically as as advanced as the xbox or the playstation 2 and the playstation 2 i think is the highest selling console in history um so yeah it didn't stand a chance really not really no i mean people were put off initially just by its design because if you remember it had literally had a carrying handle on the back yeah it's Um, like who's gonna be walking around with a console it was a bit yeah that was a bit weird um Especially as you know, online gaming started to come into its own about that time. It's like you don't even need to be in the same place as your mates to play. <laughs> you know, I remember we we used to play, um, not we as in you and I, but um, you know, our, our group of friends that we went to college with and hung around with. Mm. Um, we would play Halo for, for literally all night, mm. and um, it was hooked up. It wasn't Xbox Live, but it was a, another. Just just Xbox's network together. No, no, it? no. It was oh. it was online and it was against oh, other right. people, but it wasn't the official Xbox Live. Um, it was our friend. Oh, just, just just knowing someone else's internet address to connect to them. No, it was like it was oh. a whole community. It was like a, oh, right. a, a and and it was like homebrew online community. Oh, okay. And um, I don't remember it working with other games, but we never really played any <laughs> other games. We only played Halo, and uh, we we tried playing online sometimes, but they were all much better than us so generally we just played against each other but um it was good fun i like those those were like probably that was the height of my video gaming yeah not career that's the wrong word never had a career (laughs) um but yeah my my life as a gamer like halo probably and to a lesser extent halo 2 was the height that's when i was playing it the most it was literally every weekend we're like fuck yeah let's order pizza get some beers and play halo all night and it's like uh-huh. it would start Friday night, and you know we'd still you know we'd be playing all, all weekend. Um, 
through like two to like two or three in the morning. It's just like, come on, one more game, one more game. Come on, it's like, oh, I'm tired. No, come on, one more game. Um, but yeah, so yeah, the GameCube really, really struggled against those. But um, I mean, I have a retro pie and I've got a few games on there that, but um, maybe I should start discovering some uh, some GameCube games. Um, what, what would you recommend? Well, I love, I love uh, Rogue Squadron and Rogue Squadron 2. Mm. Uh, I, think, I think they still look fantastic now. Okay. Um, you're flying around in uh, well, Rogue Squadron uh, is mostly about flying, flying spaceships, and Rogue Squadron Two they tried to break out by having these on on foot sections. We're actually controlling a character running around, and they're they're a little bit iffy. Mm. Burnout Two, I just that's an awesome racing game. Yeah. Uh, I'm just I'm just literally going to publish uh, a review after this podcast for um, Prince of Persia: The Sands of Time. Oh yeah. Which was a fantastic 3D platformer. They made a film of Prince of Persia, didn't they? They did, and I've, I watched that recently. I'm planning to try and review that as well, so you can have the, you know, the game and the film based on that game. Interesting. Starring um, Jake Jake Gyllenhaal and. Um, well, happy coincidence! It's uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, 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 however the fuck you say. <laughs> uh, it's his birthday today. Hey, happy birthday, Jake! Yeah, on the day that we recorded, <laughs> I'll of course Instagram that later because people, for some reason, love fucking celebrity birthdays. Who would have known? <laughs> I know. We get more likes. <laughs> uh, you can spend a day writing a one thousand word review on anything. You'll get more likes for Jake Gyllenhaal's birthday. I guarantee it. Mm. <laughs> people, people who don't follow us, people who don't like us, don't care about <laughs> us, will like that post because they like Jake Gyllenhaal. Eight people like this birthday post. Oh, how many people saw my review post? Two people looked at this. Oh, right. <laughs> no, no. You, yeah. More people look at it, honestly. It, the, the stats on the WordPress don't necessarily... Currently... Oh, no, I think it's just Facebook stats are pretty useless, aren't they? Well, I don't promote Facebook. Uh, you know, I'm, a, I'm not a fan. Don't blame you. <laughs> you know, if they stopped, you know, if, if, if they stopped limiting our distribution on our Facebook fan page... Then I might give it more time, but fuck it. We reach maybe thirty percent of the people that actually subscribe to receive our fucking posts, unless we pay five dollars a post to to reach Ooh. everybody. And I just cannot afford that. So, <laughs> you know, they Facebook. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, we're obviously much many more followers on Twitter than than we have on Facebook. Um, yeah. God, what's like six times as many, five times as many? <laughs> I don't know. Something like Hi, that. followers. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Oh, I think it's, it's, this is a perfect time to say um, uh, hello, MC Jeffy Jeff uh, yes, Hunter, <laughs> um, because it's actually his fault that we're back. <laughs> he's like, God damn it, I enjoy it. <laughs> and as long as one person's enjoying it, that's uh, that's good enough for us. We will <laughs> continue to do it. Um, but no, no, big, big ups to, to um, MC Hunter, um, Jeff, Jeffy Jeff. Um yeah, he's he's always there for us, and uh, well, he's not always there for us, but <laughs> occasionally he's there for us. He pops up and he tweets, and um, it's good to know that he still listens and and um, and likes what we do. So I'm pleased to hear that. And I know there's a few other people that listen that just don't communicate with us, which is fine. We're happy with that. But thanks ever so much for for listening. We are. I am attempting to revive the podcast uh, output from from the Unheard Nerd dot com and um, because i'm paying for the hosting it really doesn't seem much point paying for it if we're not using it so um yeah we, we should do that i pay the, i pay the installments every month god damn it uh, <laughs> to, to you, did, you did some interviews recently didn't you uh i did i interviewed uh brzezowski is uh, from portland uh, maine and um yeah he's a really nice person like, his music's quite scary but actually to talk to <laughs> 
he's uh, he's a nice person. Um, the thing is, I kind of ran out of people to interview that I didn't know really well, and uh, and so now I'm in scary territory where I have to interview mm. people I don't know, and um, I might not know as much about as as you know. It's easy being a fanboy and interviewing someone because you know everything they're talking about and you can ask yeah. the right questions. And um, to interview people you don't know a lot about, and to be honest about that, um, you know, it can be, it, it can be edgy. Um, I mean, for an example, I was listening to an, a show I did a little while ago just to get back into the flow of things. And there's a um, there's a guy called Mark with a C, and he's kind of does sort of folky, like it's more like comedy, not comedy. It's it's um observational folk music you know and there's a slight nerdy tinge to it and he, he is a very much a nerdy person um heavily involved with nerdy fm and uh, nerdy.fm you should check that out if you like nerd music it's like 24-hour streams it's like nerdy radio and um so i i was straight out with him it's like i don't i'm not really you know, i haven't really been a big fan of your music and you know, from the beginning of the show you can tell he's like well, why the fuck am I talking to you? <laughs> what, what, why, why, you know, you don't really listen to my music. What on earth are we going to talk about? And then I, I think we kind of turned it around. It was like, you know, eventually I got to the point where it was like, okay, I haven't listened to a lot of new music, but I discovered you about a year ago and you've turned me on to other, you know, guitar led nerdy bands. And mm. so you've become a bit of a catalyst for me. And so thank you for that. And then it sort of picks up and the tone lightens and he's a little bit less offish um, as the interview goes on. So it's like that kind of thing. It's like, you know, if you get someone and you, you get them off, off, on the wrong foot straight away, <laughs> it's like, shit, this is really awkward. Um, but I, there are people I need to talk to. I need to talk to MC Lars because I've never, never really done a really good interview with him. He was on like episode two of the original podcast um, mm -hmm. But it was recorded in a pub in Islington with an oh. air conditioning unit right next to us. And it's really bad oh. audio. And it was only ever really intended to be transcribed. Oh, and okay. and um, I made it into a podcast. So I really want to talk to MC Lars. And he's up for doing it. It's just finding the right time because he's incredibly busy. And um, I really must talk to uh, Peter Project, a.k.a. Coins. Because that guy is like, so interesting. Um, I met him briefly when I was in Toronto. And um, I met up with Word Burglar. I met up with um, Thomas Quinlan of uh, Han Solo Records and more or less. And um, and Peter Project was there. He came out for drinks with us. So we had a meal together. But I was sat at the complete opposite end of the table to him. And I never really got to speak to him. Um, my wife did. But I was thinking, yeah, we're going for drinks after. And the wife will take the kids home. I'll have a chance to talk to him later. And he had to go. Uh, so I never really got to talk to him, but um, I've become friends with him on, on Facebook and he had huge success, um, I think early in this year or end of last year, when um, something he put together in 2014, I think it might have been, which is like Beastie Boys and Daft Punk mashup or remixes. Um, he put them together and suddenly it went mental and having like had 400 downloads or something in its entire life, it suddenly had over a million <laughs> Um, because it got picked up by Esquire and you know um, Variety and, and a lot of these you know big outlets online, and people started downloading it so much it was costing him money to distribute this free like mixtape because he wasn't making any money for it he wasn't charging for it, um, so he had to stop um, the downloads because it was costing him money. You know, he had to keep uh, uh, increasing the amount of storage that he had on Bandcamp so that people could download Crazy. it. Um, but it went mental for him. And so I started to find out a bit more about him. And he does like music for Winona Earp, like the TV program. And oh, he's, yeah. got, he's got this mad studio and he's been working with Tom Green. 
um you know the the comedian from Fing- uh, freddie got fingered do you remember that film yeah yeah so yeah lots of interesting things to talk about with him so i'd really really want to get you know peter project on the uh on the show um so that that would be really cool oh, we totally went off on another tangent there john sorry about that that's all right it's okay <laughs> got lots to talk about we haven't talked for ages <laughs> um okay so uh we've done video games check that's quite nerdy we've done convention check we did movies we did tv check check and we did books um comics you don't really read comics do you uh occasionally, occasionally um I, yeah. I, well, I just i was reading the uh the back to the future series until recently okay well, well that's interesting yeah. Um, I did. I collected all the single issues of that for a long, long time, and mm-hmm. all the you know, sub ones as well, like the the Doc Brown series and then Citizen Brown, yeah, uh, yeah. So I, I had I have the whole series of that, and but it got to a point where I was just like, I'm not, I'm just not really enjoying it anymore, and I'm kind of reading it because I feel obliged to, rather than <laughs> because I'm enjoying it. Um, so it was in, <laughs> yeah. So it was enjoyable up to a point, and then. Um, I, mean, I found the first, the first, definitely the the planned first four issue series, sort of well, sort of the first four issues, I, I found really interesting because they were they were um, they were sort of like some I think some of them were what if stories, what if this happened, what if that happened, yeah, and yeah. also some of the other ones were um, just little stories that kind of filled in filled in parts of the film you didn't see or to try to help explain away some of the things that happened in the film. Now, I like those little stories and the way those first four issues work, but then. They've just got long-running stories now that have just got them jumping all over different places in time, and mm. oh, there's an issue with like tens of Martys around, all from different, vers- different alternate universes, all picking on the main Marty. And well, this is oh, from, I, I don't know. It's just, it's just, it's just crazy now. I think it's a little bit a victim of its own success because it was only ever supposed to be a micro series, and then it yeah. was really popular, and it became a monthly. I think, or bi-weekly. I can't remember. I mean, it, but it came, uh, and you know, the pressure to keep writing and churning out the stories, I think, becomes a little bit much, and um, and it, 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 yeah, it just became a little bit less enjoyable. Um, I agree with you completely. I enjoyed the the initial, you know, first series and and you know the, the earlier storylines, but mm. uh, yeah, I, I gave up on it. Um, I'm so still a huge, huge Back to the Future fan. It's just like. I- don't have to read this because I love the films. I'm not, you know. Yeah, exactly. There's no one standing over me saying, you love the films, read these. <laughs> exactly. I mean, there's a few series that I'm persisting with that I probably should give up now. I mean, Poe Dameron Star Wars series. I mean, I'm not <laughs> even sure why I chose the Poe Dameron one. I should have just, <laughs> just gone with the main Star Wars comic, you know, the main title, and mm. um, which I'm told is very good. Um, I, I'm persisting in reading Daredevil, but I quite like that. Um, and then there's a few I mean there have been series that have come and gone that I've really enjoyed like Tokyo Ghost was fantastic ultra violent yeah. you know modern futuristic um, but um, yeah very graphic um, that was that was really enjoyable um, there was a series called Beauty which started off really well it's a really nice uh-huh. premise where um, suddenly Beauty became a sexually transmitted infection and oh, right. um you know, it, and and you know, you could sleep with someone and wake up the next day like just beautiful. And people were doing this, and <laughs> for right. months yeah. it was fine. You know, it was like loads of beautiful people. There was a lot of you know, uh, people that thought that was a wrong thing to do. There were there were like you know, violent protests against it and what have you. And then all of a sudden, the people infected with beauty started to to die in in a horrible way. 
Mm. And it's like all of all of a sudden it becomes like an investigation. It's like why are these people dying and how are we gonna cure beauty effectively and yeah. save the people that that have been infected with this disease? And it was really good. And then they completely changed the 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 the, the way that the stories were. It it stopped being like a, a continuous series of story, and then it suddenly become like micro series of particular characters. And, and their own story within like the context of it, and it, uh-huh. and it just different artists, different story, like, it's different writers, and it, that became uh, a little bit yeah, less interesting for me as well. Um, but I, I like this this Drifter, which is a sci-fi thing. I haven't a clue what happened in all like the twenty episodes that I've or series uh, issues that I've read. I don't have a clue yeah. what's going on, but I really enjoy uh-huh. it. Um, kind of because of that. But uh, there's a lot. Um, but what I'm building up to, what I'm getting to, is the Silver Surfer um, series. And I've always been a fan of Silver Surfer. Silver Surfer has always been my favourite Marvel character since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. It's really the first Marvel character I fell in love with. Um, I had a an annual which was Hulk versus the Silver Surfer, and most kids <laughs> sort of go for the Hulk and would like. I I love the Silver Surfer. I, I just really fell in love with that character, and I love the moroseness of the character. Um, but what they did with this this uh, series, and it was um, it, it, it was uh, drawn by, oh, I'm going to get the wrong one now, but one of the Aldred's uh, siblings, uh, Mark, Mark Aldred, Mike Aldred, I can't remember which one, and um, written by Dan Slott. And, and they turned it into like a Doctor Who companion thing. It's like Silver Surfer with a companion. Okay. traveling around the universe and it was all very much in a in a jack kirby style which i know a lot of people enjoy but it just made it it just made it really childish for me to the point where actually my 10 year old daughter enjoys it more than i do <laughs> um bizarre so i i hated i hated that series but I, I i got them all because the kids enjoyed them yeah now this is my problem john okay disney recently acquired 20th Century Fox, a lot of 20th Century Fox properties, right? It did. If that it's, deal is still to go through, if okay. it's still to go through, right? yeah, as it stands, it seems, <laughs> it seems that that's going to happen. Which, yeah, it, it I means... think I think there are some um, governmental people over there that want want it investigated as well. They're not sure it's well. I a guess fair takeover mergers and monopolies. It's yeah, bit, yeah, up in the air. Yeah, but ca- yeah, yeah, indeed. Carry on. Sorry, <laughs> but, but essentially, if that deal goes through, they acquire yeah. then the rights to the X Men films, mm-hmm. and the Fantastic Four films. Uh, if I'm correct, I believe I'm correct. I, uh, I, I thought I read somewhere that actually Fox might have paid someone else to use them, but it doesn't matter. Potentially, I guess Disney have got them. Yeah. Okay. I know well, that's 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 the big thing that, that the fans were going mad for when that news broke. Well, part of the Fantastic Four universe, as we saw with the Rise of the Silver Surfer film, which I'll never forgive uh-huh. them for, is obviously <laughs> the Silver Surfer comes along with that with that license, mm. and potentially to have that character back with Marvel could have you know potentially that that would be a fantastic thing. You imagine like Guardians of the Galaxy, that whole cosmic side of of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and then you introduce the Silver Surfer and Galactus, I and mean, that could be an amazing amazing film. But now my worry is that they would use the idea behind the comic book with this uh, companion <laughs> and it would break my heart and I'd die. <laughs> I mean, a little bit dramatic maybe, but um, I, I'm worried about the prospect. I wish that comic never existed. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Which, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know quite where that came from. That was, that was brewing for a while, I think. 
Sounds like it. Anyway, we're up to nearly an hour mark, John. And okay. um, we're talking about Disney. Let's talk about <laughs> let's, let's brace ourselves. <laughs> let's talk about uh, another Disney property, uh, Lucasfilm, and the most recent Star Wars film. The Last Jedi. Star Wars The Last Jedi. Now, I mean, your review... I'll be honest, I haven't actually read the full review, but I, I skimmed it and uh, and I saw your final score. Four out of five stars, which I feel is very generous, John. I felt I was okay. being generous with three out of five stars. <laughs> <laughs> but four out of five. So I'm I'm concluding. And I, again, no, I, I, might, I, I might learn how to write some code. So as time goes on, that score slowly goes down. Because it, it seems to be every day or two, I seem to remember something else about the film, I think. Oh, yeah, that happened, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I, I deliberately didn't read your interview in depth because I wanted to discuss it with you on the show today. Sure. Um, so, I, I mean, my it took me a while to really figure out what bugged me about the film. And uh, th- there was a lot of aesthetic things that bugged me about it. Uh, firstly, the way they cut between characters in close-up, really close-up shots of, of um, yeah, usually between Ray and Kylo Ren. It's like, All Ky- right. Kylo Ren, Ray, Kylo Ren, Ray, Kylo Ren, Ray. <laughs> really close-up. And, and you know, it works okay if the faces and the heads are in the same position. You know, it's like it's kind of yeah. just morphing between the two almost. But these are really harsh cuts between the two. And that really bothered me. I hated that. They did that a couple of times in the film. Really hated that. Visually, that bugged me. Supreme Leader Snoke's chambers. Yeah. I mean, what? They just ran out of money? They couldn't build a set there? or It it was literally a soundstage with red walls. Well, no, they were... were, That was was, uh, sort of red curtain. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. If you ever see like the green screen sound stages, it yeah. always has this lip along the bottom, like this sort of ticket. I guess yeah. you could see it in the fucking film. It was the. It, it's just it, it's just a big empty room, yes. and he, he decorated it by hanging a red curtain. Because in the lights, the big lightsaber battle in that room, the curtain burns down, doesn't it? And you can see the metalwork of the ship behind it. Mm, I think I missed that bit. I'll be honest, I missed. So it's that literally, bit. it's literally a huge room yeah within the, within a spacecraft and they just hang up a red curtain around the outside to you it's, know li- literally to decorate a boring space metal gray room well you say boring but i mean well, it, it the scene itself is reminiscent of uh you know the return of the jedi when mm. uh you know luke it, it, the emperor is trying to turn luke and uh and you know and then you have the the redemption of you know uh um darth vader um, yeah, yeah, and and that 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 is essentially the same thing happening, and that Pretty set much. was interesting. There was a lot going on in that set. There were the, you know the stairs, there were you know the steam and stuff, and like some huge well the, um, thing. The, the uh, Praetor- is it Praetorian guards, I think they're called. I think they're brilliant. I love them guys. Uh, for Snoke, the, yeah, he's 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 like the red. He's equivalent. Of, yeah, they, I think they're called Praetorian guards or something. All that sort of. Mm-hmm. crustacean-like shell armor on their shoulders. and Okay, I agree. They look amazing. 
not so amazing against a red background. When you've, got, <laughs> you've got completely red characters against a red background. A red background. Yeah. It, it, again, it just like it. It seemed like it just wasn't thought through. You know, imagine those against a, a black background or against you know something more. You're more like the inside of a ship as we're used to seeing. Yeah. And, and they would certainly stand out a lot more. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this is a small part of the film. You know, and you know, shit, we should <laughs> have done this. old men who are nitpicking. <laughs> should have done the spoiler alert on this one because, yeah, we're giving away a, a little bit of it. But, That's um, right. Edge it in later. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, yeah. But, um, yeah, I'm going full spoilers on this. So if you haven't seen The Last Jedi, you know, maybe you know, tune out. But do come back at some point <laughs> and, um, and, and join us for this debate. But just that that whole scene that you, you you've got you know Kylo Ren and you think oh he's going to turn to the light side and and you know the way that he acts and and takes out Snoke it just doesn't leave anything to the imagination. Um, I, what I like about Star Wars are the moments of ambiguity. Like like did Han shoot first? You know. <laughs> Blatantly, yes, but carry on. Blatantly, <laughs> it's been proven in later years, yes, but it depends which cut you watch, apparently. I don't know. Um, I haven't really done the research on that. But wouldn't it have been great if Ray and Kylo were trying to make that happen at the same time and you never knew which one did it? Yeah. That would have been better. And if I can think think of that, you know, <laughs> there's a whole team of very highly paid writers in a room who didn't and and it, you know okay uh, they went a different way but and it, it led you to believe that kylo was going to become this this good person mm. but you know it could have been more ambiguous it could have been and and the whole film for me didn't leave any ambiguity at the end of the force awakens you saw ray holding out the lightsaber to luke and you didn't yeah. know what was going to happen. You had no idea. Right. It was like this big pivotal moment. <laughs> and you you were like, it was like holding your breath at the end of that film. It's like, I've got fucking two years to wait <laughs> to find out what's going to happen. And it was like, I, I need Star Wars now. I got to the end of The Last Jedi and I was like, yeah. There's literally <laughs> nothing for me to wait for. I, I, there is nothing. There's no cliffhanger. There's no, no it's, it's nothing awesome. unresolved. No, that's right. It all ends very neatly, doesn't it? I mean, it all um, ended a little bit prequel for me with the kid with the broom. Fuck oh, that right, noise! Yeah. Fuck it. <laughs> that kid is going to end up like the kid that played Anakin Skywalker on drugs in a car chase, being hunted by the police for suspected murder. I mean, it was so cheesy, really cheesy. I hated that. <laughs> And and uh, mm, there were some really visually stunning parts of the film. I mean, the the, the planets. I think it's called Crate or oh, the the, the salt, the planet covered in salt. Yeah, yeah. visually amazing. I mean, flawed because you know you can definitely see where those speeder things were going everywhere they mm. went. It wasn't hard to track them, um, but uh, stunning to look at, amazing. And and but mm, yeah, Luke turns up, and you're like. How the fuck did he get there? Did he raise the X-Wing out of the water and fly? Hang on, he's got a lightsaber that we saw broken in two earlier. Okay, it's Hang obviously... on, his beard is cut shorter and it's all been dyed brown. And he's wearing different clothes. <laughs> and it's just like, no surprises. It's like, oh, what? He's not really there. Oh, my God. Oh, I'm devastated. <laughs> it just didn't 
didn't work. But any none of this, none of this really is is what bothered me about it. It's the fact that in as as my review says, the Force Awakens did such it was and the Force Awakens was was flawed, you know, in, in so much as it was really replicating beats and and moments from other. Yeah, films. I, I often call it sort of a, a greatest hit package at times. It's very much an homage, isn't it? Yeah. But I mean, I did I did rewatch it only uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I forgot how much fun it actually is. And it is fun. That's the thing. It is, and, yeah. and it develops these characters, and it gives them all personality, and you know where they're going. Their journey set. You know, you know, right? You know, Ray doesn't know who her parents are she she's got a greater destiny but she doesn't know what it is and she's got this you know she's discovering the force and she doesn't understand it you've got kylo ren he knows he wants to be a badass but he's conflicted and and he's killed his father uh, and but he's he's not sure that's the right thing to have done and he's just mm. trying to ride it out and he's you know he's real he's in turmoil and that adds to his you know the danger of that character and you've got snoke and you don't know where he's from you don't you don't know anything about him, but he's like this overriding, you know, character, and he's he's pulling all the strings. You've got the rebels who are, are on the run, but you know they're making a fight of it, and all of these characters in the Last Jedi are undermined. All of their stories are undone. I mean, the, the Snoke thing didn't piss me off, but I was I was a bit because um, he, he's introduced, but he's just a hologram in the Force Awakens. Yeah. And now in The Last Jedi, we get to see him in the flesh. Brilliant CGI work, by the way. Yeah. We get to see him in the flesh, uh, but we don't find out anything about him. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing at all. It's just, why do you look so ugly? Why are you so powerful in force? Oh, we're not going to find out anyway. Okay. It's like Darth Maul <laughs> all over again. Yes. Like, like uh, we never knew enough about that character, and he was the fucking best character from the prequels. Uh, <laughs> Easily. And, and just, yeah, bye. Chopped in half. Uh, <laughs> Uh, it coincidentally <laughs> um chopped in half um but yeah the, the fact that we didn't find out anything about snoke um that captain phasma was defeated so easily oh yeah i, I referred to it as um a, a boba fett moment because it's, it's yeah another great character but she's yeah. literally introduced for someone to fin to fight off rather easily i might add so mm. she's supposed to be well, i don't know what sort of leader of the stormtroopers i suppose yeah and she just gets a, a smack in the face and then ends up falling into a pit of fire. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a real blow for a really strong female character uh, as an antagonist in a film. I, I, and I thought, you know, that character could have been developed so much more. Um, yeah, mm. Maz Kanata, I think, I don't know how you... Oh, yeah. So yeah. I... What the fuck? <laughs> Did, didn't even need to be in the film. Really no. gave them information... Which actually they didn't use, or that I mean they did use, but it, it it didn't lead anywhere. They went looking for a character in a casino world where they didn't even well, they find thought, the right thought, character. Well, they thought they found him. They've got a chance to speak to him, though, did they? No, they, and so they, they ended up talking with, to um, DJ instead. But Benicio, uh, Benicio, whatever his fucking name is. Yeah, Benicio yeah, Del Toro. Yeah, exactly. Uh, who uh, is clearly only I really like in, that character actually. <laughs> really great character, but you know, he's clearly only in the film because you know, it, it's a Marvel or it's a Disney property, and you know, <laughs> the Marvel and Star Wars universes is you know, crossover actors these days. It seems, <laughs> um, and and so you know, okay, 
his character might come back and I can see there's longevity in that character. Probably I not. Does, yeah. Probably. I, yeah, I hope he does though. I really like that. The, the Admiral of the Rebellion uh, with the purple hair. Oh, um, Laura Dern. What, what, why was she even in the film? What was the point? Vice, Vice Admiral Holder, I think it's... Uh, there was nothing uh, that she did that couldn't have been performed by you know some uh, uh, layer. Really? No, yeah, because Leia's injured in a in a moment. I think we'll come back to. Oh um, yeah, God. <laughs> and um, she says she she takes control just by going right. Keep flying a ship forward. What we're yeah. we doing? Can't tell you. Another scene. What are you doing? Flying a ship forward. Can't tell you. Yeah. <laughs> and at the end, oh, we're going to the planet crate. Oh, well, okay then. It's like, and yeah, then we've got this clever plan, and it. It's not really that clever, and you could have just told Poe Dameron, and, and he would have gone, all right, makes sense, yeah, and instead of trying to fuck things up. <laughs> and, then you've got, and then you've got everyone on the internet saying, well, why didn't the First Order just call up some more ships to appear in front of them? Yeah. Because they are essentially the slowest chase in a Star Wars film. <laughs> <laughs> but interesting that that's um, come out and on a lot of the nerdy outlets um, mm. to, to yesterday and today, really, is that that that, that was um, that hyperspace tracking through hyperspace. There's an Easter oh, yeah. egg in Rogue One. Yes, I've seen that. Yeah, that uh, that that sort of leads into that, which is quite clever. That's quite yeah, it's quite good foresight. And Edgar Wright, who was obviously director of um, of, of Rogue, it was Edgar Wright, wasn't it? No, oh, for what? director of what? Rogue One. Who, uh, Gareth. Oh, Ed- Ga- Gareth Edwards. Da- oh, Gareth Edwards. <laughs> Interchangeable. Um, <laughs> Gareth. Who is Ed- he in the Last Jedi? Apparently, he's, actually, he is in it. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's the he's the guy who goes oh salt. Yeah, and <laughs> I spotted him straight away. I was like, oh, that's that's brilliant. I'm really glad that he's in there. I really enjoyed that. Um, Coincidentally, apparently, Edgar Wright. It is in The Last Jedi. He's in a blink and you miss it cameo. But I don't know, no idea who he is. <laughs> <laughs> redeemed, redeemed. Thank you, John. Um, Adrian Edmondson is in there as well. He's uh, he's in there. They've had a lot of issue with that. I, I don't know why, because a lot of people won't know who he's he is. He's an actor. <laughs> he can be in different things. I mean, uh, for those who don't know, in, in the UK, he's most well known for doing what I suppose you'd call what, violent slapstick comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the Young, young ones. ones. Bottom. Yeah. Uh, with, with, with Rick and, Mail, yeah. Yeah. And so when people see him as a First Order officer in The Last Jedi, everyone's going, oh, I couldn't take it. I expecting him to act all stupid and go, oh, fuck off, Richie. And it's like, well, yeah. he's an actor. Do you know, <laughs> I didn't even notice. It was uh, it was one of our um, friends that actually um, messaged me. He saw saw the film the day after, um, on the Friday. And, yeah. Um, and he was like, yeah, oh, oh, it's like really weird seeing him in there. I, was like, I didn't even notice, you know. Uh, I weirdly I noticed Lily Cole was in the film. I, I mean, really? I don't think that one. Yeah, she's on. She's in the casino. Um, ah, okay. Woman at the table. Um, but there are lots of cameos in there, so it's quite fun to to spot those. Mm. Um, but essentially, yeah, I mean, the, the film really it it is it, it it just undid all the great work I felt that the Force Awakens you know built or all the character building. Yeah, all the story arcs, the character development, it just all came undone. And, you know, you referenced the, the Princess Leia, not death. <laughs> I mean, I really thought that was the moment that it's like, where she's out of the, the, the trilogy. And, and, exactly, yeah. exactly. and it would have been a, a fitting way to go. It's just like, oh my God. But then... <laughs> I just can't even comprehend what happened. Like, like I just don't, 
I don't understand it. Well, she's obviously using the Force to save herself. But the big problem is we've never known her to be that powerful in the Force that she can do that. We knew that she had a link with with Luke, that they could communicate on a sort of other level. Yeah, but uh, yeah, she's she's never yeah, it, like you say, she's never been shown to be powerful with the force. I mean, maybe maybe she's had uh, some training in some form of you know comic or expanded novel thing. But people who go to the cinema don't do all that stuff as well. Yeah, and so it's just it's just complete. I mean, it's just completely out of the blue. It's like what's going on? <laughs> that, that really was a moment in the cinema where I just sat back and was just like, "Fuck this film." <laughs> I just, I'm not on board, and um, I'll, I'll unfortunately be... that's in the first third, isn't it? It's just yeah. quite near the beginning. I'll be honest. There was a couple of times I almost fell asleep watching it <laughs> in the cinema, and that shouldn't happen with Star Wars. That just shouldn't no. happen because I was so hyped to go and see it beforehand. I'd avoided reviews. I'd avoided spoilers. And yeah, same. I, I was going in with a completely blank, you know, sheet. I, I, I had no expectations. And um, I, I came away very, very disappointed. I woke up the next day even more disappointed. <laughs> and I gave it three out of five, which is generous, but because there are a lot of good parts in the film, um, you know, in the individual moments. I mean, the space battle uh, at the beginning is very good. Yes. Even the comedy, which is a lot Too much. different to any of the Too other much. Star Wars films. <laughs> I did laugh. I did. I did find a lot of yeah. it funny. Some of it, I was a bit like, ah. but um, I did. You know, the, when Poe Dameron calls into the the Star Destroyer at the beginning, I'm like, oh yeah. I, I wasn't. <laughs> I, I was like, okay, I'm going to go with it. But I, this is really early in the film for this kind of <laughs> humor. And um, but uh, I think I, I think they're definitely pandering to a younger audience. Yeah, and it's okay. I mean, yeah, there has to be a transition. Yeah, yeah, I mean we, you can't you can't deny. I mean, previous Star Wars films have had their have had their humorous moments, but for me, The Last Jedi, it just feels like there's too many humorous moments. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll admit I laughed at pretty much all of them. Yeah. And then the next day when I got up, I started thinking back about what I watched. Mm. I, mean, I think one thing I didn't laugh at was was Luke milking an alien. Yeah. Oh. Why? Why was that there? Blue milk. That's where the blue milk green. comes from. <laughs> it looks green to me. Maybe the cinema projection was off. Well, um, I don't know. I mean, I, I think it may be... That, like, that little alien shoving loads of coins into BB-8 because he thinks he's a, a gambling oh, machine. Ridiculous. Which, was, which wasn't too bad until he then spits them back out at some guards to yeah, using them as knock weapons. them over. Um, let's think. Uh, I didn't... I didn't mind... Well, the caretakers of the island... Um, yeah, those that, things that are like Victorian chambermaids. Is that how I describe them? Um, BB-8 hot wiring that Scout Walker. Oh, yeah, no, that. Uh, um, I mean, again, that I, was... don't, I, don't, I don't, I don't mind BB-8 hot wiring a Scout Walker to use the weapons and save people. But then when it's pegging it across the deck of the ship, I'm like, do they do they run that fast? It's like... it it was a little bit of it was a little bit Chewbacca in uh, in Return of the Jedi, wasn't it? Um, yeah. Oh, was Chewbacca in this film? Wait, there, there's a good point. Was Chewbacca in the film? 
Uh, apparently, he had no interest in seeing a friend he hadn't seen for a long time, who'd been very close to him and gone through numerous scrapes with. No, he's going <laughs> to fucking cook a porg at, at the Millennium Falcon uh, while uh, for another comedic moment. Or, you know, really, that's a bit shit. Um, while Ray <laughs> goes off and talks to a complete stranger. It's like, if anyone can convince Luke Skywalker to come back, perhaps it's Chewie. No, 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 no. <laughs> Well, they do, I think they, I think they say sort of hello when he first turns up, don't they? Yep. Yeah, but, but then, then the other thing Chewie does is then fly the Falcon fantastically like he always does at the end. Yeah. Another brilliant sequence. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, apart from that, he's basically not in it, is he? Pretty much not in it. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I, I there there are some really good moments in it. I left the film thinking Ryan Johnson, the director, has never seen Star Wars before. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it scares the hell out of me that he's been charged with creating an entirely yeah. new trilogy. Um, and and well, perhaps for that one, they can actually lay down some groundwork and bloody stick to it. Well, maybe, <laughs> but I mean, there was a lot as as much as there was, you know, elements of the original Star Wars, and there were elements, you know, that, that were you know, reminiscent of, of old Star Wars. And even you know, continuing what happened in the Force Awakens, I mean, like we say, the salt planet looked great. The the the, the spaceships and the craft look amazing. Um, some of the the first order ships look a bit too bulky now. They're not really in keeping with the aesthetic that we're used to. But again, there's development. There's got to be. You know, it's got to move on. Mm. And um, but uh, yeah, as much as there's that, there seemed to be a, a real emphasis on trying to make it tie in with the prequel like the aesthetic of the prequels as well and, and especially with the kids like the bit with the ki- kids are not good at acting uh, <laughs> you know, don't have kids in films like that it just doesn't work they all look a bit like like spaced like oh i'm in a film oh, amazing <laughs> and i hated that whole aspect of like i know that's the future generation of the jedis but it i, I hated that whole aspect to the film I didn't like it at all. the The whole casino bit could have been avoided. They could have just cut that entire section out. Not, it is, not it's, necessary. It's, it's literally there. It's there, it's there for something for Finn to do, basically, isn't it? I mean, mm. Yeah, essentially. And and so I guess to develop the um, the relationship between him and Rose. Yeah, but it didn't need. I mean, it was a lovely moment when she kissed him after saving him. Uh, it was a, it was a really good moment on the on the another movie. sucker punch. Yeah, yeah, but... Um, oh, my God, they're going to kill him off already in film number two? Oh, no, they're not. It's, an, it's another example of, of, like, taking the ambiguity out of it because you, you always wondered, like, would Finn and Ray get together? There, there was a chemistry there. was, like, sort of, would there be romance? Would would they, wouldn't they? And, um, yeah. and you know, by introducing a love interest for Finn, again, it, it, it takes that ambiguity out of the, the film and, and out of that relationship. And, um, it, you know, that's another... Yeah, it's another it's just element. It really felt like the Last Jedi stripped away all these elements of like, would they? Wouldn't they? You know, is this going to happen? Isn't that going to happen? You know, who, what's her history? What's this? What's that? And and it just like it left you at the end with like, I don't care anymore. <laughs> I, I just don't care about anything anymore. There's nothing there that's got my interest. Like, okay, I kind of know that Kylo Ren's a wrong and and he's not going to do well. <laughs> And uh, and you know we we can see that Ray obviously is is keen on being good. Uh, you know Luke. Okay, well I don't know what the fuck's gone on with Luke. He he seems to have died. 
he's passed over essentially, isn't he? I suppose he can come, Ross might come back as a, a force ghost, but apart from that, he's gone. Well, I guess I'm so. concerned. <laughs> I, I mean, I presume that's what what's going to happen. Um, obviously, we saw Yoda as a force ghost. Um, that was that was an honest surprise. I was not expecting that at all. And again, it didn't. It wasn't really necessary, but okay, um, I go with it. <laughs> I, I, I go with it. I don't mind. It didn't. It didn't bother me that much. But um, yeah, it was just a bit. It's just a bit meh. Yeah, right. <laughs> Luke sort of disintegrates, and and oh, I don't know. I just, I just, I was very disappointed by it. But uh, anyway, uh, I guess we've got um, we've got the young Han Solo, or Solo as it's called, to look forward to, haven't we? Yeah, um, I was actually thinking about this the last few days. I'm, I'm guessing, obviously, they haven't started any promotional material because it will distract people from the Last Jedi, which is obviously what I want to focus on at the moment. So. I guess it'll be worth going back I, and just, looking at when the Rogue One stuff started to kick in. Uh, and I'm guessing it's probably about March time uh, that they'll start promoting it. Well, I think the thing is, Rogue One came out in December, didn't it? It did, yes. So it's a whole year on. from Han Solo is supposed to be coming out in May. May? Is it really? Pretty sure it's May, yes. Oh, I'd be surprised if they don't put that back. But uh, um, I, don't, I don't know for sure. Let's double check Imdba. See, I honestly thought that they would uh, they would put out the Last Jedi in May because that would coincide with the 40th anniversary of the of the original release of uh, Star Wars: A New Hope, uh, twenty sixth of May, nineteen seventy seven, just two days before I was born. Twenty fifth of May. Twenty fifth of May. Twenty fifth of May, twenty eighteen. Solo, a Star Wars story. Okay, that would be a day short of the forty first anniversary. <laughs> Strange. I mean, why would they do that though? I mean, it seems bizarre that you know every every other film so far in the recent like modern era uh, have mm. been December releases, and that works really well. So, you know, Christmas, you got the Christmas audiences. Yeah, you know, people are off over Christmas; they'll go and see the films. Yeah, I'm going to take my daughters to go and see it um, over Christmas, so I'm going to go back for a second <laughs> time and just weep into my popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> but. Um, uh, or, or really enjoy it and maybe you'll have another review from me it's like five out of five this film is brilliant <laughs> oh, so it. wrong oh <laughs> uh, yeah adrian edmondson <laughs> is my favorite um <laughs> but uh I, I don't know that seems weird that seems very strange that they would do that i mean i'm sure i'm i'm sure in the past something was due to come out in a may time and they went no no, no we'll push it to december well, I think this... It, it might have been Rogue One, I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe, yeah. Well, they did have to do a lot of reshoots for Rogue One, didn't they? Yeah, well, the thing is, Solo's been essentially, well, not reshot, but most of it's been redone, isn't it? Because they changed directors. Um, I'm I'm not sure, to be honest. I didn't know that. You don't, you don't know that? Um, I didn't know. The two, the two guys, uh, I think their name's wrong. I can't remember their names, so I won't say it and ruin it. Uh, the two Actors. guys who directed... No, no, the two the two directors for the Lego Movie. Oh, okay, right. Were hired to do the solo film, mm-hmm. and at some point, um, they haven't actually said. Obviously, they won't say the, the reasons why. Um, several months into shooting, they parted ways with Lucasfilm and said it's not working. Mm. So they decided to go separate ways. They brought in Ron Howard to finish it off. Oh, of course they did. Yeah, Except, yeah. Essentially, he's guessed the percentage, but he did a lot, a lot of shooting for several. You know, just. Weird mm. numbers flying around. It's, it's, it's mostly a Ron Howard movie now, more than it is a the other two guys' movie. Right. 
and it's coming out in May. I don't know, just everything just the time schedule seems quite compressed. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. But still, you know, I'm, I'm looking I'm forward to it. I'm not saying it's going to be bad. Yeah, I mean. It's, yeah, you've got uh, Donald Glover as a, a young uh, Lando. I think he'll do quite well. I, I, I enjoy him as an actor and uh, as a rapper, even Childish Gambino. <laughs> Maybe he's going to rap in it. Maybe that was the problem. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it was like flying the millennium falcon is awesome <laughs> and then he raps a little bit and maybe that's why it all went wrong and they bought him ron maybe. howard <laughs> maybe i wonder if ron howard's brother's gonna be in it he's in <laughs> all of his films isn't he <laughs> uh, so clean, the ugly clean howard the ugly howard <laughs> oh, that's so cruel <laughs> well it's true isn't it a lot of the characters he plays uh, are ugly um, i read i read a story um that uh, was it MTV Movie Awards or something sort of not like a serious movie award, something quite sort of light like that. They did um, a lifetime of film award or something, something along those lines, and they gave it to Clint Howard because he keeps appearing in all the films of his brother. <laughs> but the thing is, he didn't realise they were sort of having a jokey moment, and he took it apparently he took it seriously. So they, didn't, they didn't actually say anything. But yeah, it's your award. It's yours. Well done. Bless. <laughs> 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 It's kind of worried that I don't know if it's true or not, but it's been long. Well, I think I think I heard recently that um, I think Ron Howard's um, father died, and he was yes, an actor as well. True. He was a character actor um, who also appeared in lots of the films. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's just like one family enterprise, like Ron Howard keeping everybody in work. <laughs> it's like, come on, Ron, make another film. I'm skin. <laughs> <laughs> So don't worry, I've sabotaged the uh, the new Star Wars film. <laughs> I'm going to be in on that soon. But uh, anyway, um, wow. Okay, we, we've we've talked for a long time, John, and a very um, long time. <laughs> it's it's been fun. It's nice not to have the restriction of trying to keep to a format or or a particular yeah. topic. So I think it's come across. Me panicking beforehand, going, "Must find news, must find news." <laughs> no, no need, no need, no notes, no news. Oh, no. Just, just natural. Just natural. Oh, natural. This is the uh, <laughs> the unheard nerd. Oh, natural podcast. That's not the name. <laughs> That's not the name. It will never be the name until the next Ooh. time we relaunch. <laughs> like, Actually, that wasn't a bad name. <laughs> anyway, uh, I think maybe we should leave it there. Um, lot, lots, lots discussed, and uh, and plenty more to come. How how often are we going to try and do this podcast, John? Do you think? Perhaps, perhaps that's not, not not to say otherwise. Just <laughs> as and when, which is pretty yeah. much what it always has been. <laughs> just whenever the fuck we could be bothered, um, and even sometimes we recorded one and it never it never got out because I couldn't that's edit right. it. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, nice not to have you know time restraints. So it's like news news is always a like ah, I've got to get this out because it stops being news. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, good stuff. Right. John, it's been an absolute pleasure. It has. I loved it. Good stuff. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Don't forget to uh, hit us up on the social medias. You can find us at Facebook. Don't like Facebook, but you can find us on Facebook. <laughs> it's facebook.com forward slash the unheard nerd. Um, Twitter is the main place to find us. You can find uh, the unheard nerd at twitter.com forward slash the unheard nerd. Uh, and John is at UK film nerd. And I'm at that nerd will. Um, keeping it with a nerd theme 
what else have we got? We've got Elo. <laughs> Elo still. Oh, yeah, I forgot and, about that. <laughs> I still get notifications like so and so's followed you on Elo. It's like, yeah. <laughs> Elo. God, yeah, I remember that. That was really popular for two days in like 2015. Everyone's like, this is the new thing. Yeah, and um, <laughs> I think the Google Plus account still somewhere gets. Well, that's still running, I think. Google Plus. I think stuff still posts to there. Maybe somebody reads it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> and Flipboard. I, I really like Flipboard and Flipboard Like Us. Um, we were actually voted um, one of the uh, Flipboard mags we love. Which, um, really? Yeah, which is amazing because Flipboard wow. are quite picky about what they promote on, on their app. And uh, if you don't know what Flipboard is, it is an app for Android and iOS and probably every other platform and desktop as well. But it's a really, really user-friendly app that you can use to aggregate news. And um, there are magazines. We have a magazine on there, The Unheard Nerd, you will find. And um, it just aggregates everything we do into one place and in a very easily readable format. And um, I'm a big fan of it. I've, I've used Flipboard for a long, 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 long time. And anyone I've ever told about it who started using it has said, yeah, I really love it. Because you can aggregate all your feeds, all your RSS feeds, your news feeds, your pop culture feeds. Um, Twitter accounts, Facebook accounts, you can put it all in one place and just flip through. Oh. And it's uh, it's a really useful tool. So I really enjoy that. And um, a lot of our stuff gets shared into the Geek magazine and the Comics magazine. So you'll find it in other places too. So um, Flipboard, um, bigging it up. I like that. And of course, the podcast is available via iTunes and Stitcher and anywhere else you get your podcasts. And mm. So do that. Subscribe. Give us a review. Give us some feedback. And uh, you can always email us. It's theunheardnerd at gmail.com. Fuck, I've gone off again on a tangent there, John. But, um, <laughs> That's okay. Two, two hours in, let's finish the show. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a pleasure as always. And I look forward to the next one. Indeed. See, See you later. later. Bye. name feelings first name i've got so many ready for any 20 minute time slot throw your confetti i'm rolling heavy on a pride walk shining light on societal blind spots call the vice squad call the night's watch on me i'm a half black rapper half white walker zombie i know you never heard a tribe one in rocky but you're gonna want to have us on your ipod promptly went against the grain and they portrayed me as a rebel i don't want to change the game i want to play a different level and this beat is so goddamn dope no joke i almost wish you could have stayed an instrumental i've been following a dream since barely 18 suckers dare to compare like they're the same thing but if this was just another harebrained scheme why am i flyer than an airplane wing and we jump like we never had to walk on solid ground and we rock like we don't know how to turn the volume down and we dance like we never wore a tux or ballroom gown you'll know when you see us because we work like we didn't have an ocean between us this form I was forged in a furnace and I only want your support when I've earned it so save your money till you're sure I deserve it until then download it torrent and burn it I'm not concerned with Grammys or cloud I'd rather hiss the galaxy and read the salmon a doubt no friends only fam is the chant that we shout trying to make the world better and our families proud it's just a matter of time before we get to the top on the rise like Legos and Tetris blocks stacking real hip-hop electric pop Celtic rock and anything else you got throw it in the melting pot for a mixture of sacred ancient artifacts blending indie rock guitar and early party raps. Yeah, we're talented, but how do you market that? Just call it Malibu Shark Attack.